because we got the man coming in himself. We got Yasir Hashmi. What's up, my man? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for sticking with me on this wild technology-ridden morning. Uh, just trying to get the damn thing going. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to the show. I had, honestly, dude, I had never heard of you before. I had no idea who you were. And I'm looking around, just, you know, poking around for guests. And, and I saw your bio, and I'm like, dude, I have to meet this guy. Um, so welcome to the show. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Joe. Highly appreciate it. Oh. It's like, you know, it's like there are billions of basically it's like they have more than you know i guess 300 million businesses and there are millions of billion dollar companies about which we don't know so it's always about you know trying to meet new people because what we don't have is what other people have so yeah it's great to meet you finally yeah same here networking so key right whether you you get something out of it or not but i mean usually there's something mutually beneficial to building relationships especially people out there that are doing things that not a lot of people are doing for sure definitely so how old are you yeah i'm in my early 20s early 20s all right we're not going to get too specific people he's in his early 20s hell of a head of hair great suit great style do you, I got to ask, do you have like a wardrobe manager at this point in your career? Yeah, basically, I mean, I That's like great. to do these things personally, but I have basically my spouse that helps me in these things as well. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. And probably a publicist, I'm sure, or manager. Um, so let's get into the real deal. Um, when did you start to learn about and divulge into investment banking in the business world? Yeah, so basically, I mean, you know, everything I do currently is related to the things which I plan or foresee when I was 12 years old. So it was like when I was 12 years old, I wow. knew that I need to do certain things basically in my life. I was crystal clear on a purpose. And I know that in order to fulfill that purpose, I need a certain financial threshold in order to achieve those things. And that's why now the thing about, you know, one very common bias which every person has in the world is like, in order to make money, you need to have a business. That's a bias, basically. I mean, you always don't need to make a business. Like, you know, Jay-Z became a billionaire. It's like, it was not like everything he did was business from the beginning. Yeah, he, he was hustling. He business, but he was a singer. He was a rapper, right? So a yeah. lot of people, a lot of celebrities are not running their businesses, but still they are having half a billion dollars in net worth, right? So you don't need to always run a business to make money. And okay. an investment okay. firm is not a business, okay? It's different. Like business is operation. It, it has a different kind of operation, and an investment firm is a different kind of operation. Now, the thing is, basically, when I was 12, I, I was pissed on this purpose, and then I realized I need a certain financial threshold, you know, which is basically to be a billionaire and then basically, you know, to accomplish my purpose. At 12, so at 12, yeah. you came up with yeah, this. Yeah, right, right. I realized, because, I mean, anything right. which you want to do in this world, you need money for it, right? And Damn right. The, the other thing is this. See, it's like you don't need to be a billionaire and give your billions to make the change which you want. What you do, see, when you become a billionaire or whenever you do or achieve anything in life, you create a credit ability. It's not credibility, it's credit ability. You it's like a billionaire, gives okay. a, a billionaire will give, take or basically, you know, will respect another billionaire. If, if, if like, if I'll ask another billionaire 
and when I'll be a billionaire, then it will be a lot more easier to use their money to do things which I want as for basically the impact which I want to create rather than using my yeah. own money. Because the thing is, when you run a non-profit, you know, it's like you can only help so many people. But when you run a for-profit, that's a massive non-profit. So that's basically, you know, that's how, because a lot of, I mean, most of the times I should say that, you know, long term is almost opposite of the short term. So I was crystal clear on basically what I wanted to do when I was 12. And then basically I focused on business because I know that, you know, I need to do a business in order to make money. So I started trading. I, I used to sell stuff in my school days. And then basically, you know. Really? Started, Hold up. Let me stop you there. What, what were you selling over there? Your lemonade stand? Yeah. What, what I used to do, let's say if I'm in eighth grade and if I'm, if I want to sell something and now the thing, I mean, I'm, my focus is to sell the most expensive thing, right? Or the sure. thing for which, which is necessity, which, for which there's a demand. Because you can't solicit in your school, right? You can't be like, you, you, you are basically you're trying to convince another person to buy something from you. So what I used to do, I used to buy the school books. I used to buy the old school books from, you know, the, from my seniors. And then I used to resell those books to the people who were getting into those classes. Wow, so let's say yeah. I have friends basically who are in high school, so I'm I'm buying their books and I'm selling those books. To the You're like a are... book broker, like at twelve. That's great. <laughs> right. So, so I'm selling to those kids who are pro getting promoted. So that's very interesting because the thing is, the people that were selling the books was selling at super cheap rates, almost next to nothing, and I was able to almost get more than fifty percent of the original price of the book. Damn. So that's okay. So that's a great way to make profit, basically in those days as well, and still yeah. applicable. Anyone can apply this. You know, that's so funny that you say that, dude. I used to sell pixie sticks. I had a lemonade stand. Like, I was always kind of, like, entrepreneurish, happy. But, yo, at 12, like, I wasn't that laser-focused. Like, did you read a lot? Were you around someone that did a lot of corporate business investing? Like, how how'd you dive into that? It doesn't happen just out of, out of luck. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, I mean, you know, one of the other things was this, that, you know, in my early days, I realized I was basically doing a research on some secret societies when I was in, like, a seventh grade. So I was understanding, basically, I mean, you know, there are a lot of conspiracies about different families, like the Rothschild family, the Rockefeller family, and a lot of, basically, you know, different families oh, yeah. that are pulling the World Committee of 300. So many things are there. So yeah. About so many things. And then I realized that, you know, then I realized that basically, you know, how they are doing the things in order to create the changes they want. And at the same time, I was researching basically to know which is the easiest industry to make money. Because why will I want to work hard? I mean, people are like, you know, work hard, work hard. Okay, that's great. That's work hard if it's necessary. But why will you want to naturally work hard and get the same result as person who's not working hard? Of course, you absolutely want not. You want no, to see maximum not. result. So basically, then I realized the highest number of billionaires that became were from the financial industry and the investment industry. So that's why, because the thing about the financial industry is it's the largest industry in the world. It is the backbone of every other industry. So that's why I focused on basically, you know, finance. And then I started with investor capital introduction. So capital introduction is a part of investment banking where you connect the investor with the founder that's raising money. So then I started creating my... Hold on, let me write this one down. Hang on, this is important, folks. Get a notebook. This guy knows what he's talking about. All right, all right, let him know. How does it work? So I started with capital introductions. Now, the thing about capital introductions is it has all the, all the easy part of investment banking and it doesn't have any of the difficult parts of investment banking. So that's, that sounds and good. It has the it has all those parts of investment banking where you get the least input and get the maximum output. Because nice. you are, so that, I mean, like, why do you want to do 
the hardest thing to get to get paid the same amount of money which you can you know do with a lower input that's the thing about leverage that's the thing which i see in all areas of my life like there's a concept of you know leverage different types of leverage so now the mo- leverage is the ratio between inputs and output so the oldest form of leverage was labor so labor was like you know during egypt ancient egypt the guy tutankhamun he used millions of labor's efforts to build the pyramids and he got the credit for everything right so that's the most ancient form of labor still in companies you have employees those are doing the work so they are the ceo is using 24 hours experience expertise of the employees to do the work and get it written for himself and for all the stakeholders and the other thing the other modern form of leverage was capital which i'm using in my fund so it's like i'm using investors money to create return for all i'm not investing a lot of my personal money but i'm using investors money so i'm getting infinite return because i'm invest- investing this my time right and my expertise yeah. to create return so that's leverage and then it's like the two most modern form of leverage is coding and media the way kylie jenner became a billionaire at 20 was because she had the right vehicle to basically you know grow like what kylie jenner did was also done by maybelline with 50000 employees with the centuries of track record okay it's just because of her hundreds of millions of followers on instagram because she had a vehicle or she has a she has a basically way to show millions of things to millions of people millions of times in any corner of the world and interconnected beautifully and that's a quadratic growth see the only growth that's quadratic is word of mouth let's say you are spending oh. on google ads you spend this much you get this much return you spend on any kind of ads you spend on this much money on billboards you get this much awareness this much revenue but the right. thing about word of mouth you ten people got to know something they enjoyed they shared with another ten another ten another ten another ten like no one told you about facebook and you heard organic. it from your friend like people told you about facebook you didn't so an ad of facebook oh when facebook first came out dude when it had the when it had the .edu email and it was like the cool thing it was like the underground <laughs> thing that was awesome everyone wanted that you you had to have a .edu email and they weren't <laughs> advertising everyone was like what is this thing you know and right. yeah yeah it's, it's the like, cool way to go th- that's that's the only quadratic way of growing basically like word of mouth when people tell to other people and the other thing is this when something good happens with people people share it with three people when something bad happens with people they share it with 11 people so that's the thing wow. negative things spreads faster because you don't need to prove a negative statement why will you prove a negative statement it automatically becomes truth you need to prove a positive statement so truth spreads fast so when something bad happens with someone it shares with other people it becomes a truth because why will someone in common sense say bad thing about themselves so that's how people are wired right that so makes sense so that's another form of leverage media and then it's software okay that's coding so it's like the thing about coding is let's say if you have a business a normal business a manual business focused on lower form of leverage which is labor you ha- you have 10 customers you need one person to manage you get 10 more customers you need to hire another person to manage you need 10 you get 10 more customers you need to hire another person but the thing about coding is you created a software platform you are selling course or you are a netflix so the cost to serve one customer or to serve a million customer is almost same there's no incremental cost to co- per customer right that's the best thing about coding and that's 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 it. that's leverage like like this video basically this interview which we are streaming basically is like if one person watches it then also we are putting the same effort if 100 million people watches it then also basically you know we are putting the same effort it's just more people will be able to you know basically get a lot of value out of it 
So that's the thing about leverage. So it's about the ratio between inputs and outputs. And leverage could be anything in anything. Leverage is just ratio between inputs and outputs. It could be like you could be in a sales call and you could be like basically, you know, a person could be like a person has average sales skill. They are spending one hour to close one customer. They are improving their sales skill. They are closing two customers in the same hour. So it's like leverage. They're getting more out of the hour. It's, it, it, because it's never about how many hours you put. It's about what you put in the hours. Because it's always about the value which you provide rather than the time. Because a lot of people work very hard. A lot of people give a lot of time. Does not mean they'll make a lot more money. Time is invaluable. That's the most valuable thing in the friggin' world. That's why I call it invaluable. It is above right. value. Right. For sure. So basically, th that's what my focus was since the beginning of everything I started. So basically, basically, you know, I mean, then I focus on capital introductions and I went into investor marketing. Yeah, talk and about a little more about that, dude, that capital infusion. How, how do you get them to, how do you get capitalists to spread capital like that? Like, how does that all that work? So, I mean, you know, the other thing is this. See, everything, about, everything in sales is about volume, okay? It's like, if you will do bigger, something bigger, often bigger. enough, yeah. if you will do something often enough, you will get a proportion of results. So you need to have enough volume in order to generate something. Like if you want someone to invest in your company as an investment banker, you need to have enough qualified deals which you can present to your investor. So it's like every investor's investment thesis where they allocate because investors also have LPs. So basically, LPs tell them that you can only invest in these types of deals. And they present to the LPs and they tell that we are going to invest only this type of deal. So wow. we know what types of deals which investor are investing. And according to that, we present the deal to the investor. And it's, it's like a big brother. It's always like right. a bigger entity. That's crazy. For sure. And it's like, you know, you need to be a bit aggressive in certain things in business. And one of the things which I learned from one guy, I guess you might have heard about him, Grant Cardone. Uh, oh yeah, he human. seems like a dick, but I don't I don't know him, so I shouldn't say anything yeah. about him. But maybe <laughs> you know better. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I mean, you know, one one of the best thing which I learned basically, or basically, I really reminded myself from him was about the ten x moment. Like you know, whatever goal oh, yeah, yeah. a human oh, yeah. a human being has basically you know thought about in their mind. So always yeah. people, the estimation for the efforts to achieve that goal is always wrong most of the time. So it's like he's always says that, you know, always 10 extra effort. So whether it's in marketing or any other, any other kind of thing, because, you know, it's all the, it, it's like the interpretation of something is limited to the number of perspectives it's perceived from. And I do. that's why context and intensity matters the most. Like a good advice at wrong time is a wrong advice. That's the thing. Well, Timing is like, there are yeah, different variables in energy. Who's listening? Who's the audience there? Two perspectives is the word you use there, man. And that's coming up a lot. It uh, came up when I started Blind Knowledge is to give them multiple perspectives. It's not just yeah. one and one. Man, there could be 20. There could be 20 opinions. Watch 19 down. could suck. But we, I want to hear Watch them all. And Watch it's down. everything's global now. So you got to right. get everyone on the same page for sure. Right. But of course, at the same time, you don't want the perspective of people who just do, who just do everything to win everything, like a lot of people yeah. who are basically, you know, a bit piece of shit type of people, they try to win every argument. Scumbags, they want, yeah. They want everything to <laughs> win everything. So basically, oh, yeah. you, know, you need to make sure. You need to make sure you are not with, with those people. And you so got to know how to scan for them, man. That's what I'm learning. Right. I'm a year and a half into this venture, this digital media thing, and, like, you got you to gotta know... 
who's who's in, who's out, like quickly too. And and I'm getting it. I, I can usually figure it out within five minutes of a phone call or like uh, a VC. It's like, yo, this dude's a tool. We're okay, you know. Right. And it's like, and, and not to be too easy with them, not not to be too nice. Just put the put the guards up and continue on. Right. You know? Right. It's like the goal is not to be very positive or the goal is not to be very negative in life. The goal is to be wise in life. Like you are able to realize both the good and bad at the same time. That's cool. It shouldn't. And the other thing is, the, I like human beings have so many biases in our mind. We are like, you know, if someone yeah. is from good school or good college, this means that person must be having a lot of other good traits as well. That's a bias. Like then there's the confirmation bias. If we think that if you know, basically, you know, if we like this is this is a very common bias, confirmation bias. If we think that someone is good, so we'll only look for things that align with our belief. That if this person is good, we'll only look for things that matches that this person is good. We'll we'll ignore all the things that are against our belief. Because that's we want to prove our point. For sure. <laughs> we want to feel important. That's the thing. Like Sigmund Freud, the guy, he was a basically Amazing guy, he, he invented a theory of psychoanalysis. Sigmund Freud, of course, yes. Married his yeah, so sister he, or something weird like that? I don't know. That was a weird, he, weird he part of it. He has a nephew, Ed, Edward Bernays. That was, a, that was the guy yeah. who invented the term public relations. That's yes. the guy who invented the term PR. So it's That's like, wild. Sigmund Freud basically mentioned, he created a philosophy that human beings do each and every action in this world because of two reasons. One is basically, you know, the desire to be important, and second is a sexual desire. So that's yeah, with their mothers. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that, you're right. For the kids, it was like a male child is attracted to the mother, and the female child is attracted to the father. And Swaggy. they see the. And, and the other thing we mentioned basically was this: that the kid in the childhood, in the infancy, the male child see her mother as her sexual partner. And mm -hmm. when her father has come near to the mother, he gets angry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the <laughs> testosterone goes up and they start to defend right. the mother who gave birth to the right. son, who the son wants to F-U-C. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, Sigmund Freud did a love philosophy. Love that stuff, yeah. man. All about it. For, for sure, definitely. Now, one of the things basically in the investment banking is like, yeah. the most important thing is basically related to startups is the valuation. The thing about valuation is Every person thinks their company worth a billion dollars. That's it. Absolutely. Thing. Mine's worth two, buddy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> In a pipe dream yesterday. No, obviously not. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's up with that? Yeah, so basically the thing about valuation is the only real value of your company is what the best buyer is willing to pay. To pay like, for the company itself. Right, right, Like right, everything right. in it. Okay. Right. Because the thing is, who you will sell to then? I mean, if you don't have a buyer, then first it's like you can't get more what the best buyer is willing to pay. You could say you are worth a billion dollars, but still the buyer is not willing to pay. Then you are worth that much. What's your best offer race? The That's market. The thing. Yeah. Because exit is the only thing that matters. Like you start a business to exit. You remake real money from exiting. You don't make real money from retained earnings. Yeah, that's because what I've been trying to do. That's yeah, a flat growth. That was where I started, dude. I was like, maybe I'll just sell the name for a million dollars in five years. Yeah. That'd be great, you know? Yeah, Something like sure. that. You never know. It's like there are a lot of factors. It depends on industry to industry. But the thing about the buyer is it's always about the fundamentals of the business. Most of the time, it's EBITDA. A lot of times, it's net profit. Like, what's your net profit? Let's multiply it by two or three or four or five. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking balance sheet. You're talking cash flow. 
right okay. it's always about the cash flow it's not i mean it depends but at the same time it's more about cash flow and net profit because that's what matters like people are like i was talking to a guy and his company was doing something in ai and he said that they have nothing in revenue and he mentioned that he he got offer for 100 million so he was just bluffing so basically it's happening oh, oh okay Uh, uh, my company bro. was he was saying that we got offered to to be acquired for 100 million right so it, it was like you know your company is nothing you just you are yep. just using a seems like that's the thing about people that it's like fundamentals always destroy trends people are like valuations are going up valuations are going up this a you know bubble and people are like my company also worth this much that's at the end of the day the no- numbers don't lie right, right? numbers right, don't right. lie it's always about the fundamentals like fundamentals is always destroy trends because like and is that true only, is so that true in all only, industries really right oh, like okay. i beg your pardon oh i'm sorry i just wanted to double check because it's important is that true in all industries that you'd be investing in whether it's like from plumbing to data to ai to getting airplanes like is it all really fundamentals like driven i mean everything is fundamentally driven from the perspective of how a business is structured like okay. there are different things which are valuable in different business like a healthcare business could be a business where it has zero revenue just few dozens of patents and it could be sold for a billion dollars so that's how healthcare companies are but the thing about the email marketing platform is what's your mrr what's your monthly recurring revenue is it be- what's your arr is it because is it because a healthcare company sorry to interrupt but i just want to make sure we got it right is it because that company would be it has part of the market even though they're not making any money their names out there their brands out there and people are going to it for services is that why it's worth so much inflated so money i mean that's not the main reason the main reason is to get the approval from fda or different government agency and to basically you know do the clinical trials oh cuz it's so because hard to get in there so so many times government reject basically their applications so many times their patents yeah. get rejected and they have to keep on paying to do the clinical trials to keep on reapplying to get the approval and finally when they get the approval they create the product they start commercializing they start selling it distributing it and then they sell it so it it's not about the name it's more about the technical part it's being it's at like, the table it's having a seat at the table man that's crazy it's, it's about being a nerd <laughs> it's more about for people who are nerd all right that's fair that's fair i i love what you said and i wanted to bring it back um the leverage thing man um that's so big uh and it must be so big in the businesses that you have right now uh, i don't know if you want to go too deep or too detailed but can you kind of give us a, a high level of of what you're working with right now what you have your hands in so so basically i mean you know it's like we work for according to the demand right we do everything according to the demand right what's what the investor is looking for because that's what we are basically you know working with so you're not so going to this you're not going to the customer you're going to the investor yeah we are going to the investor because investor that's has a, the money right <laughs> i mean you know that's a wild funny as leverage that because boom i love that i'm writing that down that's freaking genius it, it, it's it's like you know the thing is you can't influence a person who doesn't need anything Like, yeah, that's true. The wise man. You can yeah. you can you can basically, you know, influence that person. So it's like like even in networking, like one of the thing which people do it a lot of times wrong is like when they're networking with a billionaire or someone with a net worth of 500 million dollar or basically or 100 or it's going to be intense. So the thing about that is, you know, you can't do and while networking, you can't do anything 
to increase the status of that person you you can't do anything like if you will be like oh i get you in a show you know you can be in the show that could person billionaire could be like i can buy the show okay so that person <laughs> won't be like oh help me please oh you are so amazing connect me to that director that yeah. person won't be like this because that person doesn't need anything that has that that person has ultimate status right that person is a billionaire so the way how you network with those people is is personal touch like you could be like you can talk about the things which are very personal to them and which is not a public available data and that's something which they know and you know it could be like i met with your teacher in high school he mentioned these things about you this was the name she used to call you basically from that's something which is very personal that's very valuable for that person because it's huh. a memory of the for that person rather than trying to say you know i can get you in a show so these types of things are like piss people off and you don't want to piss the wrong people because like yeah. there was a magazine there was a magazine magazine basically which said some wrong things about which said some things about peter thiel peter thiel the guy who basically peter thiel yeah the billionaire guy yeah. and again basically that magazine wrote something wrong about one of his friend so peter thiel gave that guy 10 million to sue that magazine and that magazine is now bankrupt so basically it's like you know you don't want to piss someone off who's a billionaire especially and that come that magazine was worth was basically worth more than hundreds of millions of dollars that's <laughs> wild here hey we're going to get rid of that now see you later this dude was this dude called me a a, a bad name 10 million over there see ya i'm peter teal i am badass <laughs> peter teal is that's cool but that's yeah, he's, scary he's, he's a lot more involved in venture capital he's a vc as well peter teal Peter yeah. Thiel and also the guy who started LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman. He's also VC. He's yeah. in Raylock, I guess. It's a venture capital fund. So that's the thing. See, like we look for companies that that use high leverage that are easier to scale. So high leverage is tech businesses. Tech businesses are high leverage. It's like it could be a fintech platform. You could be a payment. You could be running a payment gateway. You know, millions of people are doing transactions. You are getting a percentage over it. So how amazing is that? That's leverage yeah. is created a platform. People are paying. If someone pays one dollar or a thousand dollar, almost same effort is being used. Same technology is being used, but you are making more money. That's yeah. the thing. Or good credit, say, good loan, more money. Email marketing you. platform. It could be an email marketing platform where you know you are selling email marketing services, and you know if someone is if someone is you know. buying credits for a certain number of emails it's the same effort for the server or if oh, if it's more yeah. it's the same so it's just about storage scraping emails dude yeah scraping emails and bot emails yeah it's <laughs> it gets dirty down there in the in the data fields man between like in the python coding dude i i've looked i've been in there man it's it's wild because we're going to be doing some uh marketing email marketing once we get our site more um uh i don't know better and well, once you know, one, one of the yeah. thing about data is the, the contact information which you are taking i mean that's very valuable it's like it's the big thing right now value. i mean that that will increase the value of your business it's like there are different things which which increase the value of your business there are different things which increase the profit of your business you mm. can't have so much profit but you can have so much value that's possible it could be like you can be a you can create an app that has millions of users but you could have just 100,000 in revenue still you can sell the business for millions of dollars because you have one yeah, million people brand. that could keep on sold yeah 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 because that, that puppy is going to keep that puppy is going to keep turning man for sure definitely and one of the thing basically for your viewers if they are businessmen yeah. i mean you know let me explain how a business makes money there are only few ways how you make money in a business either you have more customers either you make them worth more 
you have limited customers, but you make them worth more. And you increase the, basically, you know, the thing about worth more is like to increase the lifetime value of a customer. And there are a few ways how you increase the lifetime value of a customer. Lifetime value, okay. How do you One do that? One is cross-selling. Cross-selling is like, let's say you have different versions of the product. You have basic version, medium version, and the, you know, ex most expensive version. Sure. Cheers, then you yeah. have basically, then you have upselling. Let's say you have a podcast service, you have a customer, or let's say you have any kind of company or any other kind of business, let's say you have. So let's say you are doing anything dealing with a person in digital services. You, let's say you, you have a company that's in software services. You sold them software services. Then you sold them digital marketing services. Then you sell them CFO services. Then right. you sell them any other kind of services. So you keep on upselling relevant services. And by relevant. the way, they'll come clean your house too, just for a little for bit sure. of change, you know? For sure, definitely. And then it's like the third thing is basically, you know, downselling. Downselling is like, awesome. let's say you have basically a customer. Okay. You have a customer that's an SME. Now you are providing only two, three services. Now, you know, this person also needs CFO services, lawyer services, accountant services, account, accounting services. So now you can partner with these two types of firms. You can do kind of a referral agreement and give their services to them and take a commission on it. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing which, right. That's something which can be the net zone selling. And now the two it's most major thing. things, the two easiest thing which you can do. One is basically increasing the price of your service because the price is always in the mind of the seller, never in the mind of the buyer. Because a buyer, according to psychology, a human being takes decision on the basis of given information. Like when you go on Amazon, it's cut down hundred dollars and it's written fifty dollars or forty nine dollars. So people are thinking, oh, it's hundred dollars, oh, it's a discount, it's fifty dollars. So that's how people are wired. People take decisions on the basis of given information. So you can increase the prices. And then the other thing is basically you know, reducing the cost. You can reduce your cost by using more automation, using AI in more areas of your business. So these are certain things, you know, which can be done in a business to grow. I'm trying to become AI myself, dude. If I could just become AI, chat GPT 5.0, Joey B just spilling it out. Yeah, we'll be perfect. We'll never lose any money ever again. And actually on that, on that note, so I know uh, here in the US, it takes like a hundred grand to start a restaurant. It takes like three to five years for that thing to turn over any real profit if you can stick with it. Um, how long do you give a business to turn a profit until you're like, you know what? I'm out. Or does, so it, like, does it depend? In fun, it's different. And basically, you know, investment banking, it's different. Like, you know, most of the time, my focus in the fund is just to have a business that has at least 500K to a million dollars in revenue. And it just takes one or two years to basically, you know, to, to break even. And uh, okay. my focus one is on two. business that are cash flowing that have regular cash flow liquid yeah liquidity that are simple, sure. predictable and i'm confident this business will be there in the next 50 years so you know basically here's a certain thing but there are a lot of other factors because this is something which is very detailed we have our analysts which does all the due diligence there are a lot of things but my focus is on businesses that are cash flowing because cash flow is king right cash, cash, king, man. Like cash rules everything around me for sure. Wu -Tang. For sure. I mean, you can have a million, you can have a net worth of hundred million dollars, but if you have less liquidity, you don't have a lot of negotiation power. You don't have a lot of leverage. That's the thing about cash. Cash is king and cash is also trash. It depends on the context. Cash is trash when it's being eaten by inflation in the bank. Cash is king oh. when you're getting income from a rental property, which you have given. And at the like casino, dude, don't forget about, forget about the casino, the roulette, man throw a thousand on red and see how it goes 
50-50. For sure, definitely. It depends on every business, but it's like, and one of the things which I can tell you is the businesses that make the highest amount of money are the most boring businesses out there. The boring. most boring businesses makes the highest amount of money. Insurance. Right. Insurance. You know, the thing, how, why insurance company makes the most money is because they sell, they take money for nothing. Yeah, for, for for what ifs, for what ifs, and then if it does happen, they might not pay anyway because they make up the rules. Right, what a racket! Investment, everything in finance is also boring. Who likes to do due diligence on documents and research things? It's boring stuff. I'll tell you, it's fucking exciting talking about this stuff with you, man. This makes it a little more pumped up. And I love that we get your perspective and your vantage point of like, all right, you're not looking at it like a CEO. You're not looking at it as an operations manager. You're not really looking at it really as like a solo investor. You're you're looking at it at a top level tier that is like just so cool. Uh, And I'm so glad we could get um, that vantage point. And I I hope this uh, education definitely um, throws some information around for our audience. Yeah, for Um, sure. Yeah. Like like one of the things which I think how people can structure their life is like, you know, and how I also structure things in my day and in my month. Now, this is away from just the business stuff. This is more life as well. Right, we're, right, we're, right, right, right. I mean, it's also oh, applicable to share. business. I, I love think. that, man. Because, because business is also part of life. So you have to also structure okay. things. In well, the that's way. true. So it's like I try to spend 20% of my day in the bigger picture and 80% of the time in the smaller picture. Because the thing is, let's say if you're in the traffic in New York City, you are stuck in traffic, right? And you are in the smaller picture. You don't know how to get ahead in the traffic. And you, because you are in the traffic, okay, you are in this situation. But if you are in a helicopter looking at the bigger picture, you know there's a street from which you can, which you can use to get ahead. Yep. That street is connecting to the, you know, open road. Oh, then yeah. you can get the right path. You can find the another path to get out of the traffic. So that's the thing about, you know, that's one of the advantage of having a bigger picture. Because a bigger picture changes the perspective. That's the thing. It just changes yeah. the perspective. It tells you where are you going. The actions which you're taking is aligned with your purpose. That's how things should be. Like the thing, how I have structured my life on a personal development side is like, I told you about my purpose. Then I think a person should basically, basically you know, set their long-term, intermediate and short-term goals. And you know, the thing about purpose, the reason I've told you about purpose is basically, Joey, if I ask you, Joey, what will you do if someone will kidnap your family? You will be like, you will do everything to get them back. You don't need a manual or a mentor or book to get them back because that's something in which you believe from your heart. So when you believe something from a heart, you don't need something to figure it out. You'll just have the drive to figure it out. You just same get it done. With, you just get that shit done. Same is with life. So when you really believe in something, you'll have the drive to basically you know, figure it out. And then you set your long-term, intermediate and short-term goals in all dimensions of life because everything is in correlation. So it could be mentally, socially, spiritually, physically, financially, all types of goals in all dimensions of life and should be aligned with your purpose. So that's how I think how you can structure and then it's your short term goal. And the goals could be like, you know, a mental long term goal could be like in the next 10 years, I want to have 10 out of 10 leadership skills, 10 out of 10 cognitive skills, judgmental skills, problem solving skills. A social goal could be like in the next 10 years, I want to be able to have a network of 100 CPAs, 100 CFAs, 100 politicians, 100 influencers, 100 celebrities, 100 CEOs, 100 lawyers. Or a goal in physical dimension could be like, in the next 10 years, I want to have six-pack abs. 
or I want to have basically you know, a more flexible body. I want to have a, I want to be able to run in a five mile marathon or a yeah. to in, in, in the basic the spiritual dimension could be like, I want to do anything basically, you know, to follow all the things in my religion or basically anything that's related to spirituality or something which gives you consciousness. Yeah. Or in the financial dimension could be like in the next 10 years, I want a certain level of network. So these are certain things how you can structure it. Then you can have your short term goals. So that's how things can be structured basically, you know, in our life. Basically. It's interesting then, that you, you look at it that way. Um, you, you kind of break it down into right. columns. I, I see it in my head as like different columns. You have spirituality, it's you like, have the metaphysical. It's it's great. For sure. For sure. It's like how we talk is how we think. Like if someone is clear when they're talking, this means they're thinking clearly. And you don't want to talk to someone who's not clear. They are confused and they're also confusing you. Yeah, you know, it gets all confusing. The, the confidence is gone. It's like, who does this guy know what he's talking about? Even if he does, yeah, it's got to come off right. When I'm talking blind knowledge, dude, I, I'm just going. I'm just going. I don't know where it comes from. I know I'm 100% on point. You can follow me to the friggin' heavens. Um, and, and it's like you said, dude. It's like um, you're just going in it, going in it. You, you got a problem, you solve it. You got a problem over here, you solve it. You, you, you compartmentalize. You have uh, your priorities. Um, sure. Shit, just making sure to sleep, eat, and make sure to rest sometimes. You know, it's crazy. For sure. For sure. And while the process, you know, basically, while we are building things, it's like we always get haters in life. Like, you also must be having a lot of haters. I also have a lot of haters. Yeah. And it's like, I put my ass there. out there, man. I put my ass out there, and it's like, you know, I don't give a f- I don't give a shit if someone thinks I'm some dweeb or like over the top or not cool with them. Yo, I do broadcasting. I've interviewed George Clinton to see there, dude. I don't need some fucking two egg telling me like what I can and cannot do. But, but you gotta have, but that's how that's like my Boston mentality. Like I have this, I can do this and it's, and you gotta have that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Anything is this like, you know, if someone doesn't like you, it tells more about them than it tells about you. Because True. you remind them it's negative. Done. We don't do negative here at the Blind Knowledge right. Podcast. Sure. It's and negative you know, vibes. Mood, you know. For sure. But yeah, because even right there, my mood just switched a little bit. It's like I got like a little, it's like the, yeah, I don't like that, man. You know, <laughs> good things don't happen that way. But yo, for everyone out there, thank you so much for joining us here. We're going to wrap this up in just a few minutes, but I want to make sure that y'all know this man. Uh, what do you have your hands in as well? Like, I, I know we, we started with it. Um, do you want to get into sports building? Do you want to look at data and AI? Do you love Web3? Do you want a piece of blind knowledge? Uh, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, so it's like my focus is currently on basically, you know, my fund and my wealth management. That's the thing. Because like, you know, that's something that's a perspective which people, your audience can also see. Is like, you know, when 10% of your net worth is equal to your annual income then your focus is to shift on wealth management then to focus on your income generation because where did you wealth, learn that where did you learn that was that university like that's something which uh, you just, figure just it like, out. It's like you figured it out that's needs, cool okay like you know it's, it's about personal observation like you know if someone needs to ask all the things every time from other sources then that person is just stupid like if you can't just you know <laughs> they're just a pain in the ass and ignorant if you can't just think, you know, think about things on your own, then what's the matter of learning things in the first place? But I think, you know, in the beginning stages of your life, you should ask others how to do things. But at the later stages of life, you are, you should ask yourself. 
because that's the best yeah. advisor you have. Your I taught myself your... how to play guitar, yes, here. You know, you, you gotta you gotta turn you gotta teach yourself things to get through sure. in life. You know, you gotta make and, mistakes, and, you gotta know, ask questions too. You know? For sure. And you can also take advice from your 80-year-old version because then yeah. you think in a different way out of your limitations and insecurities. I love that's that. A different bit of I love that. And we one, have we one, have like higher spiritual planes in yeah. us for sure, right. with like wisdom sure. from generations. It's beautiful. For sure. One of the things I want to mention basically to your audience is yeah. related to my book, mm-hmm. which I launched this month. So this book, its title is basically Lessons from a Millionaire. This book has all the lessons which I learned in my business journey and how basically I build things in my life. And, you know, I think this is one of the best business and entrepreneurship book which you will ever read. And for me as well, it's the best book basically which I have read out of all the books I have read. Because the thing is, 99% of the books are like, you know, you just see the book and you read like 100 pages in the book and you just learn something which <laughs> could have been learned in one page. It's just a book. Page, yeah, it's a one blog. Yeah. It could be a one blog. Yeah. And that one blog is created in the form of a book just because that guy wants to sell something. And this book right. has only precise teachings. It's like I love storytelling, but I hate stories when it comes to writing and consuming information because it's just we learn very less things. And my goal here is not to give any of you advice. My goal here is to give you data points from my life, which you can use in your life according to the context of your life. Because mm. what's mm. relevant to me is not relevant to you. Your purpose is different. My purpose is different. What you are doing is different. So, the, I mean, you know, I'm not saying you to be like me, but what I'm saying is if you're doing things which are relevant to me or relevant to business, the things which I have done, then I think you should definitely have this book. And if you don't think you, you, you got value from this book, Basically, you know, I happy to refund basically, you know, the amount which you'll pay to buy the book. But it's the best book which you'll ever read. Best, best damn book ever. If you don't like it, the man may refund you. We'll see. We'll we'll check with the lawyers. But if you paid for it in cash, uh, we're gonna want cash back. And of course, I'll take twenty percent because yo, I'm just hanging. Um, Yasir Hashmi, are you a soccer guy, dude? You football guy? Basically, I, I, I like badminton and I like badminton. cricket. Cool. In, in Asia, we are more focused on basically cricket. Cricket's been soccer. getting bigger up here too, especially in the Northeast and the U.S. Right. Yo, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's been a beautiful time with you, man. I Thank you so much for joining us. I got a lot out of this, dude. I really appreciate it. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks anytime. Thank you, Joe, and have a great time. Yo, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yo, Yasir Hashmi. Yo, I love that name. Yo, but... What a smart dude. And he's just talking facts. He's dropping dropping knowledge. I don't know. You know, you don't know sometimes in life where you come up with this information. As long as you're not bullshit. As long as it's some real talk that you learn from someone who knows it. It's all good. And I like what that guy was bringing, man. I like it a lot. And I love how sometimes in the business world, you know, even well in the podcasting world too. Yo, me and him don't know each other. We just met each other. But yo, what a vibe. What a good time. And I think we learned a lot too. Yo, I'm not going to take up too much of your time because I already did. Yo, blindknowledge.com is the spot. Come for, come work for us. Come work for us. We need you. We want you. We love you. We need to have you. Or just come vibe with us or, or whatever. Do, do, do your thing. We're, we're going to be here for a while. Uh, podcast, live stream, entertainment. We're going to start selling things. Oh, and we're hanging out with Jay. 
my buddy Jehu Francois and Dimitri over at Go Network. Uh, if y'all don't know, we used to do a little thing called the Gag Order Network back in the day up in Boston. Uh, affiliated with SiriusXM, no big deal. <clears throat> but yeah, it's really excited. We're going to be on the Go TV Network. We're going to be hanging with Jay, one of my best friends in the world. And Dimitri, of course, who I would trust with my life. 50% of the time. Uh, we will be channel 411 there. So if you're a video content creator, we, we, we would love to see you try out, man. And we'll, and we'll work out some kind of revenue stream too. Because you know what? It's hard to monetize out there. But guess what? We're doing it over here at Gag. Uh, <laughs> we're doing it over here at Blind Knowledge. We did it over at Gag Order too. All right, guys. My name is Joey B. I'm out of here. I have so much fun. We'll 